All right. I'm live. You're live. Will Gibson's live. Sure. We don't have a name for this show. And he's he's joining us. I'll talk about him, man, since he's newly employed and he, he comes here. I think he's late, Will. I really do think, I think Andy so. Andy is late. Yeah, you know, man. But, uh, I'm a few seconds late. I was trying to plug in my AirPods so I could so I could join you. I'm sorry for being a few <laughs> seconds late. <laughs> this is all good, man. But you know, since you started, you're starting a new job soon. Can't do that, yeah. man. That first day, man. Got to make a first impression. For real. <laughs> for all right, sure. everybody. Uh, I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me tonight, this evening on June 4th, this inaugural NBA playoff talk is Willie Gibson, journalist Willie Gibson. He's sporting that V. Ohio State, was that jersey, jacket, whatever you got on oh, there? Just a pullover, just a pullover. Pull, pullover, okay. okay. Just a little no. And also, Andy is freelancer, but newly employed. Can you, mm -hmm. can you, are you allowed to say the, the employer yet? Yeah, I, I believe so. I, okay. I signed last Thursday, actually. Uh, I'm officially the newest reporter for Community Impact. Well, I guess I started on the 14th, but yeah, I had. Chris, you know, I had a crazy process where I actually had two offers on the table with uh, Vibe, with Houston Vibe. I interviewed with them and with Community Impact, and I chose Community Impact. So I'm going to be doing a little bit different stuff for, for a little while. I won't be focusing too much on sports for now, but they, they gave me that option to freelance for sports. So I plan on still covering U of H of its with Apollo and, you know, maybe now and then high school sports too. And also now and then he'll be. He'll still be a part of these uh, random pop-ups we do. We decide to talk some sports. So you, you're not you're not done with us yet, Andy. Don't worry about that, man. <laughs> so, okay, fellas. Well, for those who did not watch the three of us on KYK the lunch break, talking mm -hmm. about the playoffs, we kind of messed up on a lot of <laughs> a lot of playoff series, man. <laughs> Especially in the so West. let's get right up, get right let's get right into it. Uh, all three of us are wrong with the Lakers. Yeah. But I think all—I mean, all three of us picked the Lakers to win it all too. So right, yeah, what, yeah. So yeah, we're <laughs> we're wrong in a big way there. And I hope I—I I told the folks there, and I tell everybody tuning in right now: do not spend your money on what I say when it comes to a prediction of a series. Please do not do that. <laughs> do not. I am not responsible for your money going out of your hands if you place a bet on what I say. None of that. But let's get into the series: the Lakers and the Suns. Andy, what went wrong for the Lakers? Injuries, man. Uh, obviously, you can't talk this series without Anthony Davis, and that that was the big injury. I think it just really their whole season. That's kind of it. Never seemed like they were. I would say it never seemed like they had continuity from what I watched in the series. Obviously, they showed I feel flashes of what was the team last year, especially after they went up in that series against Phoenix and. You had LeBron feeling it, kind of uh, taunting the Suns bench. I feel like the, that kind of motivated the Suns too, but they showed it in flashes. I just feel like they were never that team in terms of health. They didn't allow them to have that continuity that other championship teams would have in the past. Will, do you think the Lakers hid how serious or severe LeBron's ankle injury was to the rest of us? Oh, without question. Without question. And I, I think that's pretty much dictated by LeBron as well. And uh, to Andy's point, injuries, uh, before the injury started with AD early in the season, Lakers were 21-7, and seven, number two seed in, in the West. And after the injury started, they finished 23-26. and 26. So 
They just never, and I think LeBron said it post game as well uh, last night. They just never got a chance to get it going. They never got a flow. They never had that continuity. And and I think that we got caught up in the brand of the Lakers because, and, and they are a brand, no question. But Port, or I'm sorry, Phoenix was the number two seed. And they're clearly they showed they were the number two seed for a reason, you know, but, you know, healthy. Yeah, I think the, that's a totally different series, and probably I don't want I don't go so far as saying this the seeds will be reversed, but that's definitely a different series um, health um, being in, in favor of the Lakers. Yeah, I think we overestimated Lakers health. We, personally, me, I really forgot about the grind of the se- the season that they finished prior, you know, in the bubble. Mm-hmm. They had, they and the Heat, and go figure, the two teams in the finals last year both got really broomed, you know, general sweep for, you know, for the Lakers in the first round. They had the shortest amount of recovery time than any, any other team in the NBA. Lakers had injuries to AD, LeBron. Um, Dennis Schroeder got COVID. KCP had knee injuries. And then he ended up, I think, Alice Caruso got injured but in last night's game. They had injuries just throughout. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams deal with injuries this season. A lot of teams deal with injuries now. We can talk about the pick a team in the playoffs. Right. You know, Luca and the the next sprain, next strain, when he was less than Luca, the Clippers won twice. When he's been Luca, the Mavs have won three times. So if Luca is Luca tonight, who you got, Will? Oh, it's, I, I think it's one, two, three, Cancun for playoff peace. <laughs> I really do. I think I think it's the, the Mavericks. I, I, I think if he's on, I think the Mavericks finish it out tonight. Andy? Yeah, I agree. And that series has been so weird with the road team winning each of the first five games. Uh, the way Luca played in game five, I, I have to pay – the Mavericks, and I just feel like if the Mavericks don't win this game, I, I, it's bad news for them. I don't think they'll win four on the road. So, but but why? I mean, seriously, because so far we don't have a reason either way to believe one team or the other can win on their home court. So the Clippers wouldn't, you know, playoff P. The Clippers' problem so far this series is way that one they can't defend Luca. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who can? But two, the rest of the team is not stepping up. You know, Kawhi didn't play well in the last game. In game five, didn't shoot too well. But, you know, Paul George has played well considering he's played better this series than he did in the bubble. I think his mind is in a better place now than last year in the bubble. But it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers won game six tonight. And it would shock me if the Mavs won game seven in, in L.A. on Sunday because I just don't – I can't figure out either one of these teams. I will say this. Uh, the Clippers had the opportunity to take back game five at the end, and uh, they, they had, like, that fast break opportunity in, in the final seconds. And I, I can't remember who it was. Paul George passed in fast break and they kind of messed up on the fast break. And and from that point – so the Clippers did better in game five, and they, they had a chance – uh, I just feel 
it'd be really weird if no home team can win in this series for me. So I, I feel like Dallas closes it out tonight, but if not. Well, as a Houstonian, different sport, but we've seen it a series yeah. where the home team did not win a game in the seven World game series. series. Right. Yeah. But the Clippers in game five, they were doing well. And then the fourth quarter, they kept turning over the ball. You know, Paul George losing it, pa folks passing away, folks dropping balls out of bounds. The Mavs, didn't, they struggled to score in the fourth quarter for nearly five, six minutes. They kept waiting. They, they, were, they were allowing the Clippers. Okay, here you go. When I make a shot, here you go, here you go. Like handing you chances to do something, and the Clippers just failed to take over. And then Chris Stapps and Tim Hardaway Jr. hit those back-to-back -back threes to put them up 10, and that was a ball game. Well, if the Clippers can hold on to the ball, <laughs> you know, maybe they have a chance. But really, we have no idea which team is going to show up because the Mavs is – okay, is the pressure on the Mavs tonight? Or the Clippers? Who has it? Who has more pressure? Hmm. I think it's the Clippers. I really mm -hmm. do because it's a it's a closeout game, and anytime a team on the on the closeout game, the, the the Mavericks know they can win the Staples Center. They know that they're at home in the closeout game. The Clippers have to show up, in my opinion. Andy. Yeah, I'd have to say the pressure's on the Clippers, not regarding this series, but just in terms of their expectations in general, when, when they got Kawhi, Paul George, if they lose in the first round, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the Clippers' future. Kawhi Leonard has a, the option to opt out after right. the season. I mean, if they lose it tonight or they lose game seven, that team is going to look really different, in my opinion. Uh, if Kawhi stays or not, that got to change it up. Well, see, we can really go down the West teams who've been eliminated and discuss how to fix them. What are they going to do? Portland, he lost to the Nuggets in yeah. six. What is what is Dame going to do? What should Dame do? If you were Damian Lillard's advisor, his people, should, should you tell him, man, you've given everything you can to this franchise and to this city. It's time to look, think, look out for number one and force a trade somewhere. Or you just say, give him a chance to improve the roster around you and wait one more year. No, you're giving them a chance. I think mm -hmm. if I'm Dame's advisors, you know, we've done what we can do. And that extension kicks in this year. That four years, 176. Right. So that could be an issue. Um, but you, you got to get out of there. I mean, CJ and, and, and Dame, I mean, Nurkic, even last night, was saying some, some out-of-the-pocket stuff post-game. Like, yeah, I think this is it. And I'm like, Nurkic? I mean, I'm, I, that's the last person I would think. I would, you know, complaining per se, but if I'm Dame, I, I think it's time. I think I think the the expiration date on that team has come, and it has to. He, I, I think he looks out for him and, and and makes a move. Andy, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely agree. And it's a bit, it's a bit of a interesting issue we talked about it I obviously I feel like this roster needs to get shaken up regardless of what they choose to do uh, obviously the contract might be a, an issue trying to move Damon Lillard if I was in Damon Lillard's group I'd, I'd get them to figure out a way to get into the Lakers if that's even possible I got um, <laughs> but yeah um whether he stays important or he doesn't they, they got to do something with that roster shake it up obviously this 
with the core of CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and whatever pieces you want around them, it, it kind of seems like it's had they've hit their ceiling. And you know, I, what was it? It was 2019 when they made the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. I mean, that 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 seems like the high point. That's the ceiling. I don't see them being able to pass that. And even that year, they had a lot of uh, things break in their favor. So I don't know. I. Either I feel like changes need to happen. I certainly, if I was Portland, I'd figure out a way to retool with something different around Damian Lillard, kind of like the Rockets did after Dwight Howard left, and they kind of got a whole different team around him. But something has to change up there because you know, they keep repeating and repeating, and same result. Is the change is is changing the head coach enough of the change? Because I think Terry Toss is gone. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I no. think it's got to be more than just a coach. It's just the roster. I don't feel like it's good enough to be on that level. And with the Lakers, obviously, they're in a bit of a situation. They're still going to have LeBron and AD. And whatever they decide to retool, I feel like they'll probably be a lot better next season. Whatever happens with Portland, if they keep this roster new coach, I still don't think they'll be good enough to compete with either of the top teams in the West. But if if the Lakers, should the Lakers rely on ad being healthy for 70 out of 82 next year and the playoffs i agree with barkley barkley said it last night and it's true mm-hmm. they have to sit him down and like look what's your offseason regimen who who are you working with what are you what have you done because it's habitual it's habitual with him every year there's some type of injury knickknack ticky tack ankle knee concussion it's something hyperextended knee which led to the groin strain something you know talk to mike mancius i mean he technically works for the lakers but we know he's lebron's guy work with him i mean lebron is in year going into year 19 with no serious injury right the the high ankle was the first time in his career really right right so you have access to pretty much the the fountain of youth, if you if you will, to, to phrase it that way, why not take advantage of it? He has to do something. I don't know what he's done previous years off season, but it, it, he has to do something. And if he does, and if he's willing to make those changes, then yeah, I think they can count on him next year at least seventy of eighty two. But I played I played devil's advocate, Will. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he has, but what if AD has done all the right things and he's he just bad luck? You know, Chris Paul has done the right things. Yeah. He, he changed his diet and his regimen, yeah. and he's still getting, you know, bad luck injuries. So You're what right. if it's that, that's the case? Then you got to revamp that as with Portland. you got to revamp that roster. And I, I have to trade money-wise. Now, throw some picks in there. What have you? But if you trade Kuzma, you trade KCP, and you re-sign Dennis Schroeder to that eighty-four million dollars that he, I know he now wishes he didn't turn down. That money matches. Wild. Oh, oh, okay. So you're trying. You're yeah, saying, to get Dane. Okay, okay. Because I was yeah. going to say, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't give Dennis that money because he ain't worth it. To oh me. no, 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 no. Yeah, okay, no, I got no. you. Okay. Yeah. Just to make the money work. Okay. You know, KCP, Kuzma, sign Schroeder to the extension, throw him in there, make the money work, 
for Dame. And okay, throw a pick or two if you need to. That's fine. And get Dame and a big three of Dame, LeBron, and AD. It does three things. One, it takes LeBron off the ball. LeBron has to be off the ball. It's in year nineteen. He right. He, in spells, short spurts, yeah. He cannot. No, he no longer can be the the primary ball handler. He just can't. Two, you have that buffer. If AD were to go down, Dame and LeBron can kind of weather the storm. And that's what happened this year. AD went down. LeBron can only do so much with Kuzma, Mark Gasol, KCP, Andre it, Drummond. It, yeah, Andre Drummond. Right. He can only do so much. And then three, it takes. It allows Dame to, it allows them to take a step back. He can no he's no longer the primary guy. He can be that night in, night out, and it's been proven, but he no longer has to carry that weight, the shoulder, the shoulder, the the brunt of everything. Because nine times out of ten, we know it's gonna go through the brine. And, and regardless of what happens, as we've seen today, everything is gonna be well, LeBron did this, LeBron didn't do that. So I think it works for everybody. What if, Andy, this is for you, what would it take? Would it take Dame going to pulling a, a James Harden and forcing his way out, going to going doing things that you think he shouldn't be doing and going to Portland management? I'm, hey, just saying what James said, the talent is it's not good enough. We're not good enough. And I want to be traded. I want to be traded. This is my list of teams. And Lakers is on that list. Is that what it's going to take? If he needs to, if he's trying to get to Los Angeles, I think that's what's going to take. Um, and when you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, I, I think another piece that would be interesting is Montres Harrell. I'm not sure. Is he a free agent this offseason? Or if not, he was not a fit with this Lakers team at all. I think he's got a player option that we'd have to look at because I know it, it was does. like a two-year deal. So, yeah. Yeah, he has a player option. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that, that baffles me. When I flipped to it, I guess, game two of the series, and I saw Trez had, I thought, a soft cast, something on his right hand, I thought that was the reason why he wasn't playing. That's what I thought. So I was like, because mm -hmm. other than injury, he should have been playing. Energy he provides. He's better on defense. He's quicker. He's got a higher basketball IQ, I think, than Drummond. Andre Drummond, he, I mean, he had this label in college. But I saw when he was with the Pistons, he just doesn't get it. His basketball IQ is just not there. He's had problems with quality big men throughout his NBA career. If it's a quality big man going up against him, his numbers just aren't good, aren't just aren't as good as the Argus also ran big men. But then too many times in this series, in his his time with the Lakers on defense. What are you doing, man? Who are you guarding? Are you part of the rotation? I I, I and it was so bad that Frank Vogel just said enough game, you know, Marcus Saul, you're gonna start. And Marcus Saul is well past his prime. But why didn't he play Trez? Four minutes. It just, it just, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, game six. It didn't make any sense. So, may I, if I'm Trey, he's not going to stay in LA. 
so the Lakers will be out with without Gasol, without Drummond, without Trez. That's a good thing. They need to <clears> find big men that fit their scheme and style of play. Schroeder, other than sign and trade, and you know we'd have to have a capologist on to discuss what deal can be made in any situation that could be a sign and still be part of a trade because you know some rules have changed where right. you can't do that be you know extend what is an extending deal can't no longer happen there's got to be involved the cap room or things like that but will it take for the lakers lebron saying i want damian lillard is that what it's gonna have to take for lebron to go to jenny bus and say i want i want dan oh without question that's already i read earlier uh, right before we came on that Rob Plink has said, oh, for sure, Vogel, AD, and LeBron will be involved in roster decisions this offseason. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. I'm quite sure that conversation will be had, if not, if it has not already been had. That look, Dame's, already, Dame's, Dame's ready. Dame wants to come. You know, it's been funny you see the memes, Brian, Texas, Steph. Nice. <laughs> it's going to be Dame. It's going to be Dame. Well, should it be Steph? Nah, because he has to wait another year for Steph. Steph's not a free agent until next year. I don't know that <clears throat> a trade exists, and I don't know that Golden State will trade Steph. I don't. I don't know that they would. Okay, but would Portland trade Dame? You know his his fat contract extension is about to begin. So would mm -hmm. they trade Dame, especially to the Lakers? Yeah, I think going back to oh, my, my, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, going no, back no, to what no, you said. Good. Which what you meant or what you said back then? I think it's gonna have to take Damon Miller to have to play that James Harden card, and it, it's weird. I don't. It's weird to see or hard to see him use that just in terms of what how kind of he's made a, a big deal. How loyalty is a big deal for him. See him kind of make one eighty and and start behaving like Harden did to get out. But I think that's what's gonna have to take and. For a trade to work, that like it probably looks similar to that James Harden trade, where you're gonna have to <laughs> include a lot of pick swaps and picks for Portland to consider it, and uh, that's what makes it different. Since that extension is kicking in, maybe another team out there takes a chance. They put their package together, do it with Portland. They have a long-term security; they don't have to worry about trading assets for well, Harden. I believe it would have been like a two-year rental if a team had traded yeah. for him. So it's a different situation, and. I mean, the Lakers can put their package together, but it, it ultimately depends on Portland and what other teams offer too. Because the Heat really don't have – they don't have the first-round picks going forward uh, to, to put in a package for, for Dane. And if I'm Portland, see, if, you know, if you're the team with a superstar, obviously you want to get a superstar caliber player in return, but most likely you're going to have to settle for getting – hopefully 75 cents on the dollar. But if I'm Portland talking to the Heat, I want Bam out of bio. Oh, sure. Period. If Miami says no, hang up the phone. You know, I don't want Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. No. No, you know, none of that. I want Bam out of bio. You know, Lakers, player... go ahead. I was going to say, you know, a player that will make this interesting and going back to the Clippers, if they lose either game six or game seven around the first round and Kawhi Leonard opts out, he 
what if he decides to <laughs> switch locker rooms, get over to Lakers, or if he goes to Miami, mm. or what if New York, what if he goes to the Knicks after their season? And, and see, Kawhi, holds, that's a great call. But he has a player option. I'm not sure. I don't believe there's only a handful of teams, especially good teams, that would have the cap room to throw a lot of money at Kawhi. Mm -hmm. Lakers ain't one of them. Yeah. For sure. So if he wants to go across the hall, he'd have to take a pay cut. You know, like the mid-level for $10 million, whatever it's like, roughly $10 million. Right. I don't see Kawhi doing that. He probably should if he wants another chance at a ring with the Lakers, you know, like that scenario. But Kawhi should, you know, use his leverage. The Knicks, I think with all their free agents and the guys who had the one-year deals, they may have cap room. Kawhi in New York, Kawhi and Julius Randle. Mm, I'm not sure how that would work, but it would be up to to uh, Coach Tibbs to make it work. You know, I mean, Kawhi's a small forward. Julius is is more of a power forward. So it's not really the same position. But it's it's not going to be a, a, a boring offseason. I'm curious to see what Dame does. And Andy, getting back to Harden and his way he left, before he went rogue, James was loyal to Houston. Yeah. She thought, you know, James would never leave and James would never be that guy to force his way out. But James forced his way out. So Portland would think the same thing. City of Portland, Dame would never leave us. Dame would never be that guy. Dame would never go rogue. If Dame realizes, what if Dame just goes the way I think James should have and kept it private? Go to the front office, plays the front office. We've had a great run here. It's just not going to work here. I want a chance at winning a championship, a legit chance at winning a championship. So let's work together and let's try to get a deal that's best for both of us. Do it that way. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to the strip clubs and just, <laughs> you know, going public with we ain't good enough and, and all those kind of things, that route. But something should happen. Let's shift to the East. I'm concerned about my pick with Philly. Mm. My concern is, is, I think, should be obvious to y'all and everybody, anybody tuning in, Joel Embiid's health. If big man is healthy, which he ain't, and he has a, what is it, a slight meniscus tear? Right. You know what it's turned? Mm -hmm. That's not day-to-day, -day, okay? No. That's not a day-to-day -day recovery. <laughs> it's not. Like a strain groin isn't a four-day recovery. Yeah, so AD, but. with Joel and a slight meniscus tear, do the Sixers have enough without him to beat the Hawks in a seven-game series? Four times. The guy do it four times. If he, I throw it out like this: If Joel only is healthy for three of the seven games, because the Sixers do they have enough to win one of those remaining four without Embiid? I'll go first. Uh, I feel like they should have enough to beat Philly. I mean, Philly should have enough to beat Atlanta. If Joel Embiid's not healthy, uh, I feel that it would be a seven-game series uh, going all the way to seven. But, you know, something about this injury, I'm not sure how, what's the chances are that he could aggravate it and make it a full meniscus tear. 
that's something else that could be in consideration. Maybe Philly holds them out for the first two games, see how they match up with them, and go from there. But that that sounds scary. A slight meniscus tear. I mean, how far away is he from a full meniscus tear? I believe. What's the timetable for that? Like a month? Over a month? It's, it's weeks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Depending on severity of the tear, you know. I mean, we're not doctors, obviously, but it's it's not day to day. Yeah. <laughs> After a certain of that, it is not day to day like like Philly put out there. Okay, let's say I kind of I do agree with you about Philly holding him out game one. I'm not sure about first two games, but I think rest as much as possible. Game one is Sunday at noon on ABC Central Time. See what you got. See what Ben Simmons can do. Because, you know, Ben Simmons, six foot ten. Ben Simmons, this is over your head, Andy, in terms of because of your youth and your age. But, Will, yeah. Ben Simmons looked like Magic Johnson yeah. way back when in game six against Philly, ironically, right. in the finals. In right. Running, yeah. you know, running off, running the point, being point center. And the Sixers offense, they had enough around him. They looked good. Now, obviously, the Wizards' defense is not the Hawks' <laughs> defense at all. But at least for a game, game one, if Joel isn't good to go, sit him, big man, let's take one more day. Let's get close to a week out, a week to recover and see how you do and see how the Philly does in game one. I'm I'm conflicted because I hate this for Doc Rivers because as much as we celebrate, I celebrate him for the Clippers' struggles, and I know he's <laughs> laughing somewhere in Philly right now. Like, you know, and when it wasn't me, yeah, it wasn't me. I thought it was me. Thought it was me. Yeah. See now what? How you like me now? On this hand, it's like man, if Joel and B, Joel and B does not play. And you know what? I have, a little, I have a lot of confidence in Dwight Howard. Now, by no means at, at this point, what, probably year 17, I think, for Dwight. Is, is he equivalent to Joel Embiid? No. But I think he can still hold his own. I, I, as a matter of fact, honestly, the Lakers probably should have done a little bit more to keep him versus letting him go and the way they did to go to Philly. But I digress. But Atlanta, man, Trey Young, that team, Nate McMillan. If if if, if there should be no question right now, if he's going, is he going to get that job? There should be no question at all. He has to become the full time coach. What's the holdup? Right, that's exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, am I missing something? Did I miss a press release? Did they announce him as full time coach yet? And I missed it. But there's no re- there's no reason not to. No reason not to. Um, that being said, I think Dwight Howard in a short term capacity can, can, can do it. I know Clint Capella is is very familiar to you guys down there in Houston, but I think Philly has enough. Tobias Harris has to step his game up. He did it a couple games against, uh, Washington. But Tobias Harris, if he if Embiid is going to be out extended time, Tobias Harris has to come 
come to play. But I think they can do it. I think they can do it. Just that youth and experience in Atlanta. Um, I thought it would bite them a little bit against New York. It didn't because New York was equally uh, green when it comes to playoffs. But Doc Rivers, Dwight Howard, Ben Simmons, um, George Hill. That's an underrated trade that they made at the trade down. George Hill coming to Philly. That 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 can make, pay huge dividends. And I think uh, even without it, be Philly has enough to to get it done. Will you forgetting Seth Curry too? Seth Curry, exactly, exactly. Andy, what about you? Does Philly have enough without Joel Embiid? I think to get past the Hawks, um, I think they do have enough. Like I said, I feel if Embiid isn't healthy, you probably see it a, a six, seven game series. I'd, I'd give Philly the edge just in terms of the entire season they've had. And, you know, like you mentioned, I feel like Dwight Howard, he, he's good enough to, to fit in for this series. And Clint Capella, he's not necessarily going to blow you away in terms of offensive numbers or anything like that. But I feel like Dwight Howard's a, a good piece to match up against the Hawks. After the series, Without Embiid, I don't. Whoever, regardless if it's Milwaukee or Brooklyn, I don't. They won't have enough to beat get past them. Yeah, I, I think we we agree on that. Yeah, yeah. has got it. He's got to get healthy. If he's not healthy, Philly chance against either the Bucks or the Nets are slim. But let's get to it. It is the series in, in these conference finals: Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Break it down, Andy. I, I like, you know, clearly the Nets big three is a Hall of Fame big three. But the Bucks three is not too shabby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. That's, I wish the Pistons had a three like that. <laughs> hell, the Pistons, hell, the Pistons had one of those three and traded him away for trash. But I digress about Chris Middleton. Um, I'm still bitter about that, if you can't tell. But uh, what about it? What do you what say, you Andy? Well, before when we did our initial predictions, I did have Brooklyn going over Milwaukee, and I still do. I'll tell you what, after seeing Milwaukee and how after the first game they were a little shaky against Miami, and then they figured it out for the rest of the series and just blew past the Heat. Uh, they're making my pick a little a little more shaky. I feel they match up well in terms of big three or big three. You know, Drew Holiday, Kyrie. Chris Middleton and, and James Harden and that acquisition of PJ Tucker is going to be huge and rotating in either, honestly, either of the players of the big three that the Nets have and obviously Giannis and KD. I think where the Nets probably have the advantage is the depth that they have you know, Joe Harris and all the other players, Blake Griffin. That's where I feel Brooklyn will probably, that's where they have the advantage and could use that. And in seven game series, it'll probably help them. Uh, win you know a game or two if the big three you know kind of cancel each other out. But let me tell you, what Milwaukee did to Miami has me a little rethinking my pick. I'll stick with Brooklyn and and seven. Who I, I see his face. Who who is help me out here? The Bucks big man that got played at Chicago and years ago punched a teammate. Who who am I thinking of? The uh, Bucks off the big bench. man. He comes off the bench. I'll get it in a second. Yeah, because uh, I like him, Andy. I, I don't know what Blake has left. I know Blake is re- revitalized with with the Nets and, and all that, but I'm not sure. And I could I can see it, him see his face plain as day. And when I say his name, y'all will be like, a, "Oh yeah, um, 
but I, I like him. Six foot ten, versatile. He's played well, you know, this season. I really do think that the Bucks. Oh, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby yeah, Portis. Portis. Yeah. Thank you. Bobby there you go. Portis. Bobby Portis. Yeah. Yeah. He's play, he needs he's gonna play well in this series. Yes. Because he's yes. gonna have to give Giannis a rest. Um Pat Compton needs to step up without uh, Dante DiVincenzo with him being out with the right. foot injury. Bryn Forbes. Yeah, Bryn Forbes shooting the ball lights out. So they got a good bench. You know, Brooke Lopez just needs to be solid and consistent. Right. Because we all, we all, we we know. Everybody knows, the Nets big three lights out scores, lights out. Yeah. Defense on the Nets is the big question. If if Joe Harris is not left open, can Joe Harris hurt you? No. No. So if you know it. Comes down to if Drew can keep Kyrie, if if, if Drew, Chris, and Giannis can defend their the next big three one on one, which is a huge task. But if they can do it enough, where it's just those three, and you don't get a, Joe Harris involved, don't get anybody else involved, and I, I think Jeff Green is going to be out game one because of an injury, yeah. so that's going to ding the Nets. Depth, you know, Blake Griffin. If Blake's at the five, I'm good with that. If I'm the Bucks, I'm not gonna worry about him. I'm not gonna double team him in the post. I'm, not, you know, I'm not. Okay, Blake, do what you can do. Do what you right. think you still can do. Right. But I'm not sending a double team at you. I'm gonna stick with Joe Harris and everybody else, and we'll. I'm gonna make. If I put in position, I'm gonna make Blake Griffin beat me. If I'm Milwaukee. And a key is transition defense. Speaking of transition defense, we all we were all wrong about Memphis. Oh. <laughs> but Memphis, they're young, and their youth finally showed up in games two through five against Utah. But Memphis's defense and their transition defense, their pick and roll defense, was abysmal. Abysmal. Yeah. Now, part of that is to the Jazz credit. Utah, I mean, let me ask you this. I said this on the lunch break, I think, last Thursday with AJ. I want to get your take on this. I believe that a well-run pick and roll cannot be stopped. If you got the right personnel, space the floor, and you got – a guy, great ball handler who can make great decisions. A well-run pick and roll cannot be stopped. You, you're going to def- you're going to allow the ball handler to penetrate. Are you, if you double team, kick out of it. If you got shooters around perimeter, but what are you going to do if you don't double team? If I got a, if my man setting the pick can make the outside shot, face up shot. Pick and pop three, whatever. If y'all double me, I'm kicking to my man just at the pick. If he can make the shot on a high percentage, what are you going to do? Memphis chose the complete opposite route. 
They did nothing. <laughs> they didn't hedge. You know, they, they didn't show long enough. They didn't double Mike Conley. They didn't double Donovan Mitchell. The rotations were awful. Their transition defense, they allowed Utah to beat them down the floor after made buckets, after missed buckets, out of, <laughs> out of timeouts, loose balls. It, it looked like Utah had eight players. Yeah. They, were, they were open, wide open so much. That really bothered me. But if the Mavs beat the Clippers, the Mavs can't stop Utah. The Mavs defense is, is not that great. Yeah. At least the Clippers have PG and Kawhi to do a little better. But they also have Reggie Jackson, who can't defend pick and roll. Pat Bev is a shell of himself. In Pat Bev about there tricking people. <laughs> the, that is the classic Russ, the classic classic Russ video right there, man. It's timeless. Yes, sir. But what do you think about what what, what I'm suggesting about a well-run pick and roll cannot be defended? You want it? I, I was sitting here as you spoke it, as you kept saying, and I'm sitting here and I'm planning. I'm like, you know what? I, I can't disagree with you at all. I, I I see what you're saying, and I agree. I agree. I agree. Spacing is key. But as you said, if you have that pick and pop guy that can roll off this off the pick and hit that shot, like, what is there to do? And and the decision maker at point guard talked about magic earlier. That you're right. I don't I don't see a stoppage to any of the scenarios that you that you brought to the table. Andy? Yeah, Chris, we we kind of talked about it a little bit last night when Denver and, and Portland, that game, uh, Denver kind of does a good job of the same thing with the pick and roll with Jokic. That that kind of puts teams at a disadvantage because Jokic can do everything. He can pass, he can shoot. And really, how, how do you guard that? If you defend the, the roller, I mean, you got the guard, like you mentioned, he's got either has the lane to, to attack the basket or kicks it out to one of the shooters. If you double team, like you said, off the, off the screen, Jokic can pick and pop. Or you can also drive. You can create. I mean, with teams like that, they have it all figured out, and that that's something you going back to the Lakers. Um, they struggled on offense just to have something like that. You know, they they were trying to force feed LeBron the ball in terms of. I remember this one possession where they're trying to give it to him in the post, and Crowder was just doing a fantastic job denying the ball. And you saw the spacing, how different it is when you look at the Lakers just in Game Six, and how difficult everything was for them on offense. Compare that to the Nuggets and how good there is just in terms of how the personnel they have and Jokic can do everything for them. You, you see the difference, and I agree. If you have the personnel and you have the execution, it's That's really, really hard well. to stop. Yeah. Because I'm not hating on Monty Morris, but we would not consider him an elite point guard. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But a Monty Morris-Jokic pick-and-roll ate up Portland. And one key to at least defending or doing a solid job against a pick and roll is you have to be on the same page. You got to be on a string. You got to know, okay, are we going to double the ball handler? Are we going to head? Are we going to show on this pick? How long am I going to show? Am I going to allow you to come back to the ball handler? Because if 
if the defense is not on the same page and everybody's stuck in no man's land, like Memphis was, like the Blazers were, I mean, they allowed, they were on, on the same page in the down the stretch when they allowed, when Jokic strolled to the hoop for a layup off a high pick and roll. Hot, you can't allow that. Yeah. The best player on the floor get a layup off a hot pick and roll at the top of the key. Robert Covington, he wasn't sure, okay, should I stick with Monty Morris? You, you need to know. It's not, well, okay, I'm going to be stuck here because I think my teammate's going to be, he's got my back. You got to know what you're going to do. Yeah. So defense is key there. Okay. Nuggets, Suns. Who you got? Keeping in mind, we had the Suns losing in the first round to Lakers. So, right, you know, right. You know, so. that part, that part. Oh man, I'll say. I'm it. gonna go ahead. Go ahead. Seth. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a go. I'm a. I'm a completely ignore what we said the first time. <laughs> I think Phoenix edges out Denver. And I, like I mentioned before, I think this will be another seven-game series. Um, just what I saw in game six, and, well, Chris Paul has to be healthy. If, if that show is still bothering him or re-aggravates it or something like that, uh, then I, Denver has the advantage. I feel like what I saw when the Lakers kind of made that late rally, they, they got it within 10, and then Chris Paul was just – and I think Kevin Harlan mentioned in the broadcast just that calming presence that he had for Phoenix. And you kind of settle everything down and kind of gave Phoenix, you know, relax. And they, they were able to build back the lead up to uh, like 15 or 17. I think that's where Phoenix has the edge when it, when it comes to skill. Right now, I feel like they're evenly matched, especially since Denver's without Jamal Murray. And I feel bad for Denver. If they had a full healthy squad, they'd probably be favorites to go to the NBA Finals right now. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to lean Phoenix in seven. Well, you know what? I was with you, Andy. I was I was wanted to say Phoenix, and then I thought about first quarter game six, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. If that man shows up, I think it's gonna. I think it's Denver. I think it's Denver because it's like the light bulb clicked for that kid, and it's now he's starting to get it. The but game Will, is slowing down. What's that? Will. What did he do the rest of the game? No, you're right. That's why I said first quarter, <laughs> yeah. game six. You're right. You're that, that's why I'm like, oh. I mean, because he had 22 in the first quarter. And he ended with 26, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, because uh, I'm looking at Aiden and Joker. That's the matchup I'm looking at. Like, man, Joker is going to run him through. But then Aiden is going to do his thing as well. Um, but what if what if Aiden gets in foul trouble? Because I think right. he will a lot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Nurkic fouled out of what four of those games, four to six. He yeah, fouled out. Yeah. Oh man. All right. And see, that's what I mean. So I'm like, uh, the role players, Tory Craig for Phoenix. I'm, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll say it. I'll do it. Phoenix, Chris Paul, CP3, the common okay. Chris Paul. But we saw when he fell 
was it in the second quarter last night? Right. That shoulder's still bothering you. It is, mm-hmm. without question. Without question. And then uh, you haven't even mentioned Devin Booker. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. And that's and that's what I mean. I'm, I, I'm looking at role players. The stars are going to be stars. They're going to do what they're going to do. I'm looking at the role players. The Monty Morris. Austin Rivers. Tory Craig. Austin Cameron Rivers. Payne. Cameron. Ah, uh, you know what? Cameron. Uh, Austin, I know Austin Rivers. Series. He was Austin huge Rivers for Denver. He was, but you know what's bad? Cameron Payne. No, I, this is probably bad. But I can't get past Cameron Payne. When I think of Cameron Payne, I think of him dancing with Russ and OKC. <laughs> I, was, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't get past it. I can't. Like, I got a friend of mine uh, to this day, three-time champion. He calls Danny Green dancing Danny Green for his time in Cleveland. Dancing Danny Green. I mean, but I so I, I, to this day, Cameron Payne is the kid dancing with Russ pregame in OKC to me. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, uh, Phoenix, that veteran leadership. And I, and I said, going back to the Lakers a little bit, everyone talks about LeBron and 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 Monty Williams out coach Vogel, and he did. But let's go a little, let's go up top. James Jones out GM. Oh, yes. Rob Fleeker. <laughs> let's give that man his flowers. You know, that man, James Jones is underrated as a GM, and he did his thing clearly. One through 15. Phoenix is Trump tight. I think, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be Denver. And, and be many Denver. of us, when he got the job, questioned the hire. Questioned oh, question, like, without question. James Jones, what? Yeah, who? The James Jones who did really? Oh, you know, but he's he's proven his worth. Yeah. I I hate being. I'm sorry, Nuggets fans. No, no, Nuggets fans. You, you should be glad what I'm about to say, because all three of us clearly don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Gets on the first round, picking the Lakers. I'm picking Phoenix. Yeah. Obviously, Chris Paul needs to be healthy enough to play five, six, seven games in this series. Yeah. But yeah, I'm picking Phoenix. Um, Utah, does it matter who Utah gets in, in the second round? Clippers or, or Mavericks? No. No. To me, no. No. Mm. I think it matters in terms of length. I think if Dallas wins, like like you said, Chris, I think Utah have a more favorable matchup just in terms of what they can do offensively and how not as strong Dallas is defensively. I'll say this, if the Clippers can win two in a row and, and advance, I think that'll get them in the right direction. It'll kind of get them over whatever's bothering them in terms of not being able to perform in the playoffs. And they'll, I guess they'll have experience in the belt that they can perform under pressure. It's not going to get any more pressure as what they're facing right now. Um, I think if it's Utah, Dallas, I'd, I'd probably say Utah in six, just in terms of how good Luka Doncic is. probably going to have a couple of games where he, like he did in game five, where he just can't miss, or at least at the beginning, he can't miss, and he's making plays, and he's doing these crazy stuff. Uh, if it's Utah and L.A., Kawhi and Paul George, uh, they're, like you mentioned, they're much better defenders. They'll probably It'll probably be those type of, grinded out games where it's struggle. I still give Utah the edge just in terms of what they, they've done it the whole season. And we obviously a lot of people right now aren't, aren't sold on Utah just in terms of the past few years where, you know, they haven't necessarily had that deep run. But uh, I guess in terms of 
winning, I guess it won't matter. I got Utah in which either of the two, but I could see the Clippers being a tougher matchup, especially if they end up, well, in order for them to advance, they have to win two in a row. Well, that's logic. You know, on paper, the Clippers are a better matchup for Utah than Dallas. But on paper, we thought the Clippers would handle Dallas better than what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know what the Clippers are going to do. If the Clippers lose in this first round, what should the Clippers do in the offseason? Well, number one, bring Ty Lue back. That, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, it's Ty Lue's fault because whose fault was it last year? So, um, man. I mean, what can you do? I mean, you have no first round picks till 2027, thanks to playoff P. Um, <laughs> I say that so very facetiously. Um, oh, yes, we, we can tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you do? Um, man, that's a great Andy. On, Will. No, the first first thing you do is convince Kawhi to stay. Oh, you got to stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that the first thing. Saying. Come on, yeah. Yeah, that, that goes without saying. I don't, but see, here's why I pause with that. Here's why I struggle. I don't know that they can. I don't. I think Kawhi is out of there. I, I really, really do. I think he's out of there. But why? I mean, I I asked because yeah. he said he chose Clippers because it was, it was home, he close did. to home, and you know he wanted to be around his family and stuff. Okay, so he's gonna leave home because they didn't get it done. Yeah, I mean Kawhi's. Think about his career. He's used to winning. He doesn't have to be the man. He clearly wasn't the man in, in uh, San Antonio. He was fine being the part of that ensemble. Manu, Tony Parker, Timmy, he was cool. He went to Toronto, Siakam, Lowry. So he goes to L.A. and now he's expected to be the man. And it just didn't work. Well, P wants to be the man. But it's clear that they expect Kawhi to do that. And it's just not working. You know, yeah, he wanted it. But, you know, I went to dinner and I ordered a, a meal. And I'm like, I want it. But then I'm like, oh, I don't think I like this. I don't like this now. So I'm going to go ahead and send this back. I think he saw he wanted to go home. It's not working. And I think he's out. Okay. But mm. how out is he? Is oh. he out to consider taking the mid-level for a championship caliber team? No. Or is he out saying, no, 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 no. I want 25. I want the max for whatever team that is. I'm out and I'm, uh, I'm finding Jimmy Butler in Cabo somewhere. <laughs> okay. We're going to have Banana Boat. And we just gonna chill. And Jimmy, what 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 can we do? What can we do? It's Miami. I mean, Pat Riley will make it happen. He's gonna try. But yeah. again, they don't have picks. No, but that's what I'm saying. Kawhi opts out. They can sign him out right. They have. So, they only have what? They only have four players they, in the contract. Yeah, they they have cap room. Yeah, you know they'll be. The rest of the players, the team will be. The vet minimums, yeah, you know, kind same of same Battier. He's done it. Pat Riley's done it before. Same Battier. Does Kawhi and Jimmy Butler bring the and Bam bring the Heat back? 
to the to the elite elite level. Ed, yeah, I, I wait. I don't think it's a guarantee, and you, I think with Kawhi, Kawhi is going to do what Kawhi wants to do. When he left Toronto after they won an NBA championship for the Clippers, I don't think there's much you can do if he wants to leave. You're not going to convince him to stay, and if he wants to stay, good. There, there's your first piece. I think if they lose in the first round, or regardless, if they lose in the second round, that's obviously not the expectations they had. You got to, I say you got to move Paul George, but then what do you, do you break it down? And I mean, they're in a, they're in a tough position. And maybe if if they lose, it's not so bad if Kawhi decides to leave just in terms of, they they kind of seem stuck with terms of how, how can you improve? Because obviously teams aren't going to, give you huge packages or I mean you know what if they reach out to Portland and try to figure out something <laughs> not Damian Lillard not Damian Lillard but what if CJ McCollum for Paul George or something like that a package around those two is that a lateral move for both teams maybe maybe Paul George and CJ just need to change the scenery what would say you would say all with that well you got to throw, throw on some more to make the money work mm-hmm. um, you know for for the Clippers in return, you know, because you know Paul George, his deal is about to kick in, bigly. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 gonna be like I said, this this offseason is not gonna be boring. There's not a lot of huge big name free agents like next summer is shipping up to be, mm-hmm. but it won't be dull because we're gonna see if superstars are gonna. Use leverage to force slash ask their way out of their current situation. Will, before we yes, wrap sir. it up, Andy and I talked about this already because it involves Houston team. Mm-hmm. The NBA Tuesday released its list of early entry candidates for the 2021 NBA draft. Okay. 300. 53 players are on the list, Will. In a 60-player draft, right? Correct. Yes, sir. And I think, what was it, maybe 59 of them were international, if that. So 290 or so, whatever. Let me pull it up and see. Were college or institutional, academic, academy academy kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? But I think you, you kind of touched on it right there. Six you picked up. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, I, I mean, far be it for me to 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 try to squelch anybody's dream. That's not the goal. That's not my intent. However, who told two hundred and fifty nine of these guys? You know what? You need to go ahead and declare for the draft. You, you got it. You yeah, it's, it. it was 296 from college and 57 international. That's amazing. 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 Now, this this number is high because, one, the college you know, NCAA gave everybody an additional year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the seniors could have decided to go back to school for that, for their extra year. So they had to tell the NBA they were going, that they were in the draft, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But still, some I'll tell you this story, and we can wrap it up. This didn't apply this year. 
but years ago, Andy, how old are you? 21. Mm, probably about 20 years ago or so. Yeah, no, no, even longer, maybe 25 years ago, because it was early years of the Houston Round Bar Review. The league sent out, you know, the list of candidates, early entry candidates, and me and my uh, co-owner, Brian Watson, contacted, went, went down the list. I don't remember the young man's name, but the school listed was some school, it was like Pittsburgh Union. So it was like Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, what, whatever. We did some research, made some calls. The young man had, been, had not been at that school in a year. His, his last basketball was like YMCA level. <laughs> I mean, that, it was that equivalent. So you could put your name, Andy, if you wanted to, man, you could probably put your name in a hat to, to, to declare if you had some eligibility. That's, that's really where it is in some cases that you could do that. If you want out, you could declare for the draft. And I want to say one year, a, a kid was like in high school. You know, I mean, yeah, I because there that. was a point where the NBA really had they they did less research and background checks than they do now. So they had to avoid those kind of things, those kind of publicity stunts. Right. All right. We're going to close it out because, you know, getting time for Clippers and and Mavs. Guys, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for the folks who did tune in. Uh, we're going to do this again. We're going to try to do it uh, each round of the playoffs. Talk it up and. Just chop it up and add our thoughts, and uh, maybe we'll be right, do better in the semifinal predictions than we did in, in the first round of predictions. Hopefully. 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 We, we can't do much worse, so uh, clearly on that. But, Will, how yes, can sir. folks – got it going across the screen. How can folks interact with you if they want to on social media? I appreciate the opportunity, Chris. Um, Will Gibson 7 on uh, Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, Will Knows. Uh, Will but Will Knows Facebook page. So you got it. So has have you started the Will Knows podcast yet? I have not. It's forthcoming, but the the Facebook page is active. Okay. And Andy Yanez, how can folks find you? They can follow me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five, and also be sure to follow the podcast Pod Slam and Jamma, uh, covering the University of Houston, both women's, men's, and women's basketball. We recently. Actually, on Thursday, so yesterday, we a new episode came out. We interviewed Ty Dillard, the University of Houston women's basketball team assistant coach. It was a good interview. I think, honestly, it might have been like 15 minutes. She talked about when the COVID season, the struggles of that, and the recent additions and the new goals for the team that keep building over there with Ron Huey. So check, be sure to check that out. Pod Time and Jam on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and I believe Stitcher and really uh, all the podcast platforms they are and like I said on Twitter at Aon is underscore five. Good job getting Coach Dillard on. You know, she was kind enough to join me when I was guest hosting on the lunch break on KYLK. I'm gonna toss it out there publicly. I'm not sure how many people are tuned in right now, but but uh Coach Ron Huey, where you at? <laughs> be be on mm-hmm. my show. Be on, be on our show. Too. Pajama, where you at? Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm not throwing shade on Ty because it's great to get her insight as well. But Coach Ron Hewitt, you're the head coach. Where you at? So discuss and promote your, your team and your squad. You know, the platforms exist. Possum and Gemma Outlet, Houston Round Bar View. That's two I know of. And two I think you know of too, Coach Huey. 
to promote your, pro your program. So participate, return phone calls. I could go on and on about certain things, but I digress. I think I made my point clear. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Um, this week, I stepped out of my U of H function to the chagrin of some folks probably by interviewing some right out basketball players, but I'm the Houston Round Bar Review, local name, national perspective. So I talk about, I talk hoops with whoever. So uh, I shout out to Quincy Oliveri and Tra Travis Evie, guards for the Rice Owls. Interviews on, available on podcast platforms, as well as on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. And today I interviewed uh, Kelly Eco from The Athletic, Houston Rockets beat writer. Mm -hmm. That's also on the podcast platforms, as well as Houston Round Bar Review's YouTube channel. Content, content, content. All three of us do things, talk sports, talk basketball. We do it. Follow us. Communicate with us. Keep in touch with us. We'll be back doing this again. I'm not sure if it'll be next Friday, but we'll get together and I'll put it out on the, on the platforms and let, let you know. But thank you for tuning in. Hope you like it. We'll be back soon. Everyone take care. Thank Will, you. Andy, y'all be safe it. and keep in touch. Thank Thanks very much. Well, sir. Thank you.